I like I like the peanuts. I like uh, especially like the whole idea of Snoopy's doghouse being this infinite, <laughs> infinite chasm of who knows anything could be in there. Yeah. Yeah. Did you um did you follow Peanuts as a kid? Uh, I don't know if I could say f I read the books and yeah. I watched all the cartoons, you know. Uh, I just, you know, always wondered really, really about Charlie Brown, you know, wondered about him, mm -hmm. felt, 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 felt sorry for him. Yeah, he was like uh, a big influence on me. And like, I think I was, when I was a kid, those books were just coming out and uh, they're pretty, as existential. Yeah. You, you know, this poor kid and... And then his best friend is just covered in dirt. And, yeah. Yeah. Linus, right? Oh, or, yeah. Linus is, but his best friend, he, he's attached to his blanket and he still sucks his thumb. And yeah. Their friend is covered in dirt. And okay. And, no. So Linus is the dirt. Linus is the blanket. And then Pigpen. Pigpen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But just dirty. that Charlie Brown, he, he couldn't win at anything that he did. Yeah. You know? I don't know if that's a good message for kids. I don't know. And then they had the girl, Lucy, kept pulling the, pulling the football on him and. Maybe they were trying to give you a lesson, you know, lesson in life. Like, hey, you know, people have problems. Get used to it as you grow <laughs> old. <laughs> Maybe. But, you know, I, I, um, um, I had a close uh, friend of mine went to a counselor. Mm -hmm. This is quite a long time ago. And the counselor was a Buddhist counselor. And she went and she's really, you know, depressed, upset about life, <laughs> as we all can be. Yeah. And the first thing that this guy says to her, he said, well, what'd you think it was going to be like? That's true. I thought, wow. wow. You, don't wanna, you wouldn't want to say that to someone who's depressed, but there's some truth in there, right? Yeah. He what'd just said, like, well, what'd you expect? Yeah. You know, and I think it's such a beautiful, uh, beautiful kind of opener in a way, because then it's like, uh, I don't know, Christmas. Mm. You know, we all have this idea. I, I remember always going home for Christmas and thinking it was going to be this great time, like ex expecting. Mm -hmm. But then you get everyone together in one room with all this affliction, and then you add alcohol. Uh, <laughs> That's true. I mean, there's no, you know, you start realizing, well, there is no perfect family. Yeah, exactly. You have to kind of get through that. You know, and, and so, and it kind of like, well, what do you expect? So this it's expectation that kind of, sets us up for the fall and then when you get past that expectation i think then you can really start living i think so yeah you have yeah. to have to do that i had kind of the typical 70s dysfunctional family you know I, there was no emotional you know no one said they loved you or mm -hmm. you weren't hugged and just wait till your father gets home and yeah yeah me too yeah. we had had this weird thing on sundays before we'd go to church we'd all have to like you know take a shower within you know, the same a couple of hours before church and there's all this running around and screaming and and then we'd go to church then we'd come back and we'd all sit around and we'd usually buy sandwiches and we'd sit around and just chat and everything was better and i thought it was kind of weird but I, I, there was like this we felt like we really had to express our worst sense of self before we went to church to get uh cleansed and then it was uh -huh. off to have submarine sandwiches and life was good again for well, another another week. <laughs> another week. Right. And it's compressed and wow. That's a wild story, Greg. Yeah. I guess uh you know, when it comes to when your family, right? You can't pick your family. That comes down to karma. Well, apparently, as you're floating around in the bardo, you kind of can get a little glance into it and you know, that sort of helped me because you know, I've had difficulties with, with my family through the years to think, well, this is what I picked for mm -hmm. myself and, and that my karma was leading me towards, but I felt there were some lessons to be learned here. And although going back to Bob Dylan, something he said once, <laughs> they said, what did, what, what's your, you know, what's your relationship with your family and your parents? And he said, well, you know, some people are just born into the wrong family. <laughs> That's all he said. <laughs> right. Which, which uh, I think Lord Buddha would argue with, you know, yeah, yeah, because like, of karma, it's like it's, it's no, it, it's a very definitive thing, you know. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. You you point to a very uh, you know profound and kind of poignant subject, and that is, you know, if we're given everything that we need, mm. right, in this life to 
wake up. That's that includes his family. So whatever dynamic that is, whether, you know, whatever. And I don't know. I mean, some of the most beautiful people that I've met in my life, some of the wisest, most beautiful people I've met, mm. they come out of suffering. Yeah, yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be that way. That's not. Doesn't have know, to be that way. No, 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 true. not at all. You know, Josh, the other podcaster uh, uh, that we work with on the uh, Eyes of Love podcast, mm-hmm. from a beautiful family, and he was exposed to Dharma at a very early age, and he's a beautiful young man. So, mm-hmm. you know, but then again, maybe if everything goes right for you, you have mm-hmm. money and and no pain in your life, and and um, you know, smooth sailing, good friends, good grades, you're healthy what would be the impetus to practice? Mm-hmm. You'd be thinking, this is great. What Death awareness? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm having a good life here, buddy. Yeah. 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 Well, that's cool that you said about Josh. Um, well, they say, uh, like, if you're, you know, you're practicing hard in previous lifetimes, lifetimes, uh, and then you get born into, like, if he's, was exposed to the Dharma at a young age, right? You get born into a family where you're getting teachings right away mm. and you kind of get ushered kind of back into a path pretty earlier in your life. And so someone that has those kinds of seeds, maybe they don't need to suffer. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right? And he knows that too. He's yeah. Like, well, his, his um, sort of youthful um, rebellion against that of, of being you know, drug to these, uh, dragged to these retreats, you know, at such an early <laughs> age, he decided to go and study Western philosophy at McGill. Oh, oh, what a, a bad boy. I'll show you. <laughs> I'll show you people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of this, you know, karma and I know we've covered karma a lot of in the past episodes mm-hmm. for sure. I think this is probably the first, we're, we're up to number six here. That's probably the first thing that if you had never um, heard of Buddhism before, you, you, you've, you've heard of it, you've heard of that phrase at least a little bit, because there's some... Uh, karma, you mean? Yeah, karma. Yeah. There's, there's some talk of that, and Jesus would talk about stuff like that. So, and it's something that kind of makes sense. It's like, well, you, you just sort of feel inherently that, well, if I do good, then uh, good things will probably happen to me, you know? And you, you do it enough, and it's like, oh, this is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, karma, of course, the, the, the word means action, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it also sort of has to have intention behind it, right? Well, they say that karma is harder to understand than emptiness itself. Yeah. The, 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 the layers of it and the time gap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've, that, we've talked right? about this for sure. Yeah, and so I think karma... Karma can be almost a, it's a very powerful, you know, tool to use, but it can, it can get, the word can get tossed around and people don't really know what it means. Yeah. Yeah. Without, oh, oh, that's, that's, that's their karma. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's, that's their karma. And they don't really understand what all that entails. Right. And um, so... But that's, I think, like you said, is the the whole thing turns on that idea. You know, it's because of karma. Karma is going to be the vi- thing that shoots you out of samsara, or virtue, more specifically. Yeah. It's going to be the thing that does it. Like, you got to plant those seeds, or you ain't going anywhere. Yeah, you could be following all of these, these things theoretically up to this point. The eight worldly concerns, uh, the idea that consciousness uh, continues... Um, the idea of samsara and even ignorance, like we were saying before. Uh, but unless you're dying or something like that, karma is where the rubber hits the road, you know, because mm-hmm. it can propel us into one of the six realms. Mm-hmm. And you can pretty much tell where, what your past karma has been by the way your life is going now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, so the six realms, what, devas, angels, human, animal, animal uh, predator, predator, hell hungry beings. ghosts. That's one, two, There's one more, right? Uh, Davis. Wait, is there one higher than? Is there one well, in- because I think didn't you say six? So the, yeah. so there's human, and then there's the animal realm, right? And then there's the hungry ghosts, and then there's the um, 
hell beings. And then above the human, there's two above the humans, right? There's the right two above humans. Yeah, there's the and they're both they've got God realms, but there's like the the pleasure realms, right? Yeah, and then the one is higher. The one that's higher is like the God realm is higher, but they're both you don't want to be there. It's a bad place to be. Yeah, right. It's a, great, always, it's a great place to be, but it's horrible to be there. Yeah, and even if it were, you know, even if it lasts a thousand years, well, yeah. when it's year nine ninety nine, that's, mm-hmm. that's going to be a short year. I've always yeah. thought of these as psychological states that may oh, yeah. that may pervade or be dominant in your life, but they're mm-hmm. considered real places, right? Uh, they're considered real places, and if uh, you hit certain levels of meditation, you go there. You can actually go there. You can go there in meditation and you can visit these places. And if um, if you don't have <laughs> the altruistic motivation and if you believe that the self is self-existent and real and you believe that when you meditate, you go to these places, uh, you actually believe that you are self-existently going to these places. And when you're in these places, you're not suffering. Your suffering is not there mm-hmm. and you can get stuck there. And that's what they they say, the, there's a certain kind of meditation that can uh, give you a birth in one of these realms and uh, you just stay there. Yeah, yeah. And I've always been interested in the angel and devil uh, deva rain uh, realms Mm -hmm. Um, because i think we've all heard of you know hell hell realms from a christian background perhaps and the idea of hungry ghosts being sort of greedy if you have a greedy nature yeah but this animals i I would think that if i if i died and and like the final test for me if, if, if before i would get into heaven to see if i've made any progress yes greg tell us okay <laughs> trying to be good here uh i would i would be like i'd be stuck in the middle of or i would i would walk into the middle of a fellini movie and there's dancing and pasta and wine and great music <laughs> you know and i would just think i've made it to heaven but that could be like this ultimate temptation like the last temptation of christ this right thing that's trying to trap me I would uh-huh. think that I've made it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, made yeah. It <laughs> I've arrived. I've all, arrived. All my mantras have got brought me here. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I've always worried about that. You know, I think because of yeah that that uh, the book and, and the movie, The Last Temptation of Christ. That was a very powerful story. It was. Yeah, a lot of people were up in arms about it, but yeah. that was his last. Yeah, thing that that this writer was saying, cousin Tatsky's, that that was his last thing that he had to think. You know, someone that little you know angel being who turned out to be the devil. Spoiler alert, sorry, but yeah. um, you know, said, "Oh, you've done enough." You know, he's all yeah. there suffering, and he's like, "Okay, yeah." He comes on down, and poof. Yeah, mm. and you've, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, it's uh, you could see it, right? You could see how it could be like that you know yeah and uh, do we do that in real life in our everyday life you know feel i've done enough you know i think so i think we i think we can we can do that i mean because how much is enough right like uh and i think well you know i think that depends on the measuring stick you're using because Mm If your goal is to become a totally enlightened Buddha, then, and you're really on that, it's pretty hard to be complacent. But, like, if you don't really know what that will be like, mm-hmm. like, so in that movie, uh, Last Temptation of Christ, and the, you know, the, the devil, you know, got to tempt Jesus, you'd think that, okay, if in that moment, you know, Jesus knew where he was kind of supposed to be or what the result would mm. be, he would be able to say, no, 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 you're wrong. Yeah. Right. But we don't know that the, the, the intellectual mind can't comprehend. Well, most people can't comprehend what it would be like to go through one single day and be happy for no reason, <laughs> Right. let alone Buddhahood. Most yeah. people 
they're in a good or a bad mood and it's dependent on what happened or what mm. didn't happen. That's people live their lives like that. So then to take a mind like that has been living that life and say, that's not good enough. Like there's a whole other reality waiting right here for you. Uh, but you got to put in the work. I think pretty hard, I mean, pretty easy to be complacent uh, when you don't really know what the goal is in a way, in a certain way. Yeah. That might be the, 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 the point of that movie and that particular yeah. plot twist. Yeah. Because it's very easy. I think a lot of people might think um, that they're going to heaven, you know, that, that they, they did their best and they're mm -hmm. certain that when they're judged, mm -hmm that they'll, it'll come out in their favor um you, you might want to stay away from buddhism in that regard because mm -hmm. um you know the slightest things um having a piece of fish you, you have a thousand lifetimes of being on a hook and, and being killed as a fish it's right because karma grows it's pretty intense yeah it is pretty intense yeah yeah, what I what I, I find very fast. Well, your whole like, your whole idea of your you know pasta filled heaven with the dancing and music is like um, I love that example because that's what could happen to somebody if they believed themselves to be self-existently like going to heaven. Like mm. you'd you'd be like, here I am, you know, you know Greg, you know, or John, and I am John, right? I am the John that I think I am, and everyone that sees me is sees that John, and I I am going to this place, heaven, and then the mind would produce this whole reality, and you get stuck there. Sure, that's your it's your belief. That's your that's your paradise. Yeah. And then at some point, the karma of the the goodness of that runs out, and then all of a sudden the dancing girls start looking like ogres, and the pass is not tasting so good, and you're starting to smell, and then yeah, that's what they say, right? And then next thing you know, you're you've burned all your karma out and you're, and you're at the bottom again. Yeah. And then also too, I've heard that people who have um, death experiences and come back, um, the, the type of uh, people that they see there or the gods and, and, and so forth are completely dependent on their religion. So if you're a Christian, yeah. you see Jesus. If you're a yeah. Muslim, you see Muhammad yeah. and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. So they're just, again, the power of the mind, right? Yeah. We we're talking about that in the last episode. But I think at the end of the day, that's what Buddhism is about, right? Mm -hmm. It's about purifying the mind. Mm -hmm. And and purifying yeah. the mind, you know, purifies your world. Mm -hmm. And the more you can do that, and that's the whole point of these things too. Yeah. That's the whole point of, of a of a death awareness or you know, thinking about ignorance and thinking about your karma. Or I think karma is probably the first uh, place where like you have something to do now. Yeah, because you understand, like, uh, you understand that you said, like, you're purifying your mind, you're purifying your world, but what you're doing is you're purifying your karma. Yeah. You're changing, you're changing your karma, you know, from seeing yourself as a suffering person with a, a mind that's just causing you harm all the time, right? You're, <laughs> it's just like beating you up. Yeah. That's a certain karma. And then you slowly but surely, you know, you put this effort into place and then it starts to shift and different karma arrives and all of a sudden, ah, mind is a much nicer place to be. Mm, yeah, yeah. You know, your mind is a nicer environment, you know, and and then pretty soon, I, I don't know, pretty soon, it, it's possible in this lifetime if you study hard and practice hard, but your um, your mind becomes the environment of a Buddha. It goes from being, that's your environment, and that's, how did it happen? Karma. Yeah. You, you've said karma and emptiness so many times, and um, yeah. I think for me, it, it took me a while to see the the value not the value, but the importance of karma, um, because it's easy to say, "Yeah, I know karma." You know, mm -hmm. ne next topic. But mm -hmm. that the way that those two work together is is really central. Yeah, like if you know about karma, then and you know how it works, it just changes everything the way that you do everything. Mm -hmm. You know, like even just driving down the street and. Uh, you know, you even like, okay, you, you, you see a parking spot ahead of you and, uh, and you know, okay, I could take the easiest spot or I could take the slightly hardest, harder spot and the next person will have an easy time getting in. Yeah. And if, 
that's the way you live your life. If you know about karma, you know, oh, no, no, I got to give the next person the better parking spot. And then you just, your whole life just goes like that. When you go to the restaurant, you tip them because I heard someone say, I loved it. Uh, he said, all the karma is in the tip. Mm. All the, whatever you're not obligated to pay. So uh -huh. it's 30 bucks, you know, all these options. And then you can go through, okay, we don't, am I feeling I'm going to not tip them or am I going to give them 10% <laughs> or, yeah. or just because you know about karma, 20 every time, doesn't matter what, 20. Yeah. And you just karma, karma, karma. That creates a life. Like, I mean, creates, that is creating a world. Yeah, that totally works too. Yeah, it does. There was um, something in particular too, like I had done certain things in my life and I always had this other result. Um, and I didn't know it at the time, but as I was learning more about karma, it's like, yeah, because I'm doing this, that's why this keeps showing up in my life in a positive way. It really sort of proved it to me because it was happening before I knew about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you got a good idea of what karma is, you're working it. <clears throat> now you're kind of at the front door, you're ready to, to take refuge. You know, it's time to decide if you're in or out. You can probably live your life you know, with these ideas, the eight worldly concerns, death awareness, that you're going to die and you continue on. And, um, but now you kind of have to decide if you're going to, you know, be a card carrying uh, Buddhist, Tibetan Buddhist in <laughs> particular, right? Mm -hmm. And you take refuge in, in the Buddha, Dharma and Sangha. Um, I know we talked about this a lot in the, the early episodes, but this also includes working with a teacher, a guru, right? Mm -hmm. If you're really going to get serious. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and then at this point too, this is when you get serious about your ethics, right? Mm -hmm. And then you take a more serious and uh, intellectual and, and discriminating approach to everything that you do moving forward. Yeah, and and hopefully at that point, your heart has opened to a teacher. Mm -hmm. you know and it's so much it's got so much more power behind it if this teacher is someone that you know looks to you like they're living a result mm -hmm. and you take vows from them and then so you know behind all your actions is not only um because you want to be enlightened but it's also this idea that uh, to please your teacher too as right. well right and so there's this devotion towards this teacher um, and that whole understanding deepens and deepens as the path goes on as to like where this teacher is coming from and who they are for you. And, you know, they give you these vows and they you know, give you a name too. You have a new name right. at that point. They give you a new name. Oh, suddenly you're walking in the world and you're, mm -hmm. you've been given like a Dharma name. And so it's like you have this whole new identity. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And uh, they say that your vows protect you, you know, so they protect your mind. They, they uh, protect you from yourself, really, is what they do. And uh, I remember when take, taking my vows with Lama Marut, and it's like you said, I had studied enough to buy in to the point where it really made sense to take, take these vows. And I was so excited about taking these vows and then really feeling like um, he put the tied the bracelet around my uh, the string around my refuge string mm. around my wrist and you know, he tied it and I really felt like I was sealing the deal with this Lama right. and that I was suddenly under the protection of the Dharma of you know under his protection which meant to me um, under the protection of uh, the teachings you know and it was so beautiful to then walk out in the world and know that he was looking out for me, even though you could say, uh, you know, that's coming from my mind, the feeling that he's looking out for me. It's not, he, you know, he's got, he had so many students. It's not like he can be sitting there like, <laughs> like uh, as long as there are talks about that too, is people ask them to be his teacher and say that, oh, thank you for doing this. Thank you for doing that. And he's like, I didn't do that. I didn't. They just, they yeah. just, they believe that and it works. Yeah. Um, 
But then so that feeling, so now you, you've taken refuge in the Dharma and you're just going to go for it. And now everything starts to be translated through that lens and you're starting to look for the Dharma everywhere, you know, every uh, word you read, you know, the signs you see and all that stuff and the food you eat, everything that you're consuming, everything you're seeing is now you're doing your best to see it through the lens of your awakening. And it's not just a one-time event taking refuge. When you sit down to meditate, it's the first thing you do. Yeah. You're taking it over and over again. So in that respect, it's sort of like, uh, or maybe is, is it is it like when you go to an empowerment, like you're just kind of getting the transmission, but it's going to blossom later. Would yeah. you say that taking refuge is kind of the same way? Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because, well, especially, um, well, the seven limb prayer, right? When we go through that, yeah. like, there's, that's a powerful meditation. And that's what you're doing the whole time. You're planting seeds and you're, uh, you're planting new merit and you're also um, removing obstacles and the, it's all revolved, evolves around this Lama that you call to you. And so that, that's a very, very deep refuge practice is a seven limb prayer. And um, I don't think anyone could do that too much. <laughs> right. Right. And this is also not to say that you're not going to have issues anymore. Like you're still, oh, gonna, no. yeah, your karma is going to still come up. Your the eight worldly concerns are going to keep, you know, hitting you against the head and you're still going to be thinking about death, you know? Yeah. Well, if you practice really well, it could get worse. Mm, right. Like yeah, it we were could get worse. That. You know, it could get worse. Say, um, I guess you might used to say that uh, if you're not, you know, if things aren't going sideways once in a while, you're not practicing hard enough. Right. Yeah, because you're really, you're drawing out your karma, right? You, you're deciding, okay, karma, I understand you. I know that I must deal with you. So um, whatever dark pockets I have, I guess I'm just going to have to go through them. And then you look at it like that. So when things get tough, and they will, they will, you know. It doesn't mean you're not going to get into a car accident or break your leg or have moments of depression, uh, you know, your mind could still take you to the cleaners once in a while. Right. You know, well, that's, it's just, yeah. I'm sorry, it's just that you now have a way to view it. And, and now it's useful. See, before refuge and before all that, mind took you to the cleaners on a daily basis, <laughs> but it was kind of a waste. Mm. It was a waste, uh, you know, but now with this understanding, it, it, you know that you're purifying your karma. You're looking at it that way. And so you're not blaming people. See, but before the Dharma, you know, something happens in your mind and you're like instantly, ah, you know, it's my, if my father hadn't said that to me mm. when I was 12, I wouldn't be having this feeling now. Right. You know, and this, and the finger goes out, points it, points, points, points to this target. But now, your targets are gone, hopefully. Right. That'll take a while. The, the targets will take a while to, to melt. But that's the whole idea. It's a target removal system. And then, <laughs> and then, boom. Target it, removal system. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and you go through it that way, and then your mind gets cleaned up. And you still really, we haven't even hit Vipassana yet. You haven't right. even hit the the uh, meditations revolving around emptiness. We haven't even talked about Tantra yet. You're right. just, this, you're taking refuge. And with that uh, are the vows that you take, right? Mm -hmm. As part of the ceremony. So that would be sort of the last topic here of the 10 unwholesome deeds, um, which are very similar to the 10 commandments, one could say. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they're, they're also related to body, speech, and mind, which is a concept that's going to be playing over and over um, as you move forward, particularly in meditation. Yeah. Um, and by body also, so you mean physical things like in the body, there's no killing, no stealing, uh, no sexual misconduct. The speech would be uh, lying, slander, uh, verbal abuse and gossip. And then the mind, malice and wrong views. But I, I think about, I think we talked about these once before. Yeah, we did. Uh, it can be relatively easy to conquer the body and speech ones. Um, you know, I haven't killed anyone in this lifetime or don't steal. And mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. same with my speech. I'm very, you know, guard that gate as best as possible. 
so the the mind is kind of the final frontier absolutely right yeah and then that's so but also at this time this is when you can start to understand your karma a little bit more and then use the four remedial powers right mm-hmm. to work that through maybe we could talk about that a little bit i think we touched on it a little bit a couple episodes ago but how how does that relate specifically to karma? You mean the four forces four forces yeah yeah so that uh you mean like uh, you're very consciously very consciously um how would you say it uh, purifying your karma with these four forces right and then so like uh you understand the karma of something that you've done and then you're you're uh, going into this looking at it like okay i recognize what i've done and uh i regret what i've i've you look at what you've done let's just use an example of i shoplifted okay Mm -hmm. i shoplifted right and then you look at this event and you're like okay I did the thing <laughs> I did. I shoplifted and I, I know that that's going to bring me a negative result. Mm-hmm. And you see, you see, you own the act. And then in order to purify that karma of stealing, that moment of stealing a candy bar, let's just say, um, I'm going to have intelligent regret. I'm going to own the act, know what I did. I'm going to have intelligent regret, which the thing I like about intelligent regret is once again, I, I'm like I'm preaching this all the time. Mm-hmm. It's a karma and emptiness meditation. Mm-hmm. So as soon as you say that, you're like, okay, uh, that deed will bring me a negative result in the future because um, because it's empty of not coming from my karma. Like I, you know, and I didn't, it seems like this is another kind of a karmic teaching in a way it seems like i got that chocolate bar from doing a negative thing but it's that chocolate bar is empty of coming from a negative thing if especially if i mean if i enjoy it so is, is your intent like sort of the, the key to the whole thing like yeah if you, you were stealing that and your intent wasn't, oh, screw over this grocer, or yeah. it was more like, oh, I'm hungry, or you wanted to feed your family or something, right? Yeah. Motivation is very key. Yeah. Right. So then, uh, then the motivation part is more like what, what makes the karma complete or not. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you, like, if you stole a chocolate bar to feed your family, that's much different than to feed yourself for the joy of stealing. Right. Right. So anyway, you're looking at it, intelligent regret, and then you, you decide, okay, I'm not going to steal anything. And what they say is uh, you set a realistic time frame. Mm. So like for, for the next 48 <laughs> hours, right? I'm not going to shoplift. <laughs> Hopefully it's longer than that. Yeah. But, you know, and then, and then you apply an antidote to it. You're like, okay, I'm going to do something that is the opposite of that. So then you're going to give away a chocolate bar or something. Right. And even so the, your, your karma... So let's say you're you can't control yourself. You're standing outside the grocery store. You you intend to steal it. You walk inside, and then you walk out and you don't do it. So you haven't completed the karma. Right. And you you might think in your mind that you haven't really improved the situation, but you have, right? Because you haven't completed the yeah. you haven't really done the act all the way through. Yeah. So. Well, you know what's interesting about that is <laughs> they say that <clears throat> for for karma to be an absolute, complete, perfectly planted karma, mm-hmm. you have to not only do it, but not regret it. Oh, regret. So they say they say that even if you do steal it, but regret it, it's still not quite mm-hmm. complete. It's not it's not a good karma, but it's not a perfectly planted it's the perfectly planted karma that has the most power to then ripen, you know, into a life of poverty down the road. Right. But if like you said, you approach the store with this motivation and any turn of mind 
brings a result. So if you have this moment, okay, I'm going to steal from this person, that will bring a result. Mm -hmm. But it's not complete yet in the sense of a whole a whole um, act of stealing, because you change your mind. Well, that, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So you so you counteracted it. So you're always kind of fighting that. You know, why did you even have the why did you even have the karma to have a thought of stealing? Mm -hmm. So you're, and then when you have that moment of changing your mind, you're fighting your old karma that's forced you to want to steal. Sure. You know, so in a way you can think of it like that too. It's uh, by refusing to do it, uh, you're negating the power of that old karma that brought you to the store in the first place with that intention. So let's, let's take a, the example then up with an example with someone who's following the path through who's taken refuge mm -hmm. okay so they're probably not out stealing candy bars probably not but they're probably in a situation where a lot of people are gossiping to use your example from a few episodes ago mm -hmm. and so you're kind of sitting there and your <laughs> mind's your mind's turning and the conditions are there and uh you know you may have some intense like you might have something that you could add to the conversation <laughs> right yeah uh, but if you're if you realize this if that this is the way karma works then you can just you can hold back you know yeah. and not say it so you've you've um sort of worked your karma that way and you purified your mind now that that seed first popped up in the first place says that there's more to do there's more yeah. work to do more purification but you know, I think that's where it would help for someone who, you know, is sort of already in the front door and has their. Yeah, it, it shows you, it shows you like, that's, a, that's your sign. Okay, I've got gossip, I've got gossip karma, I better be really vigilant, mm -hmm. you know, and then you just, you just don't and then you end that karma by not doing it. And yeah. even though you may, you'll probably find yourself walking into those like what do they say? The causes and conditions suddenly, boom! There you are again. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm, in, I'm, I'm in that opportunity zone again. What am I going to do? Yeah, and and things mingle. Like you were talking about the traffic or getting in a parking space. Mm -hmm. I was in the store yesterday, and and it was extremely busy. And I was like, well, I can wait for this guy to get out. People behind me are going to have to wait a couple minutes because he's moving pretty slow. And it looks full. I, I can look ahead a little there. It looks like there's a space there, but maybe that's one of those little clown cars, you know, in there. <laughs> yeah. So I decided because he was taking so long and it was sort of backing up onto the street, I'll move forward and take a chance that the other thing is empty. And it wasn't, there was a little clown car in there. Oh. And I ended up going around like three more times, but there were a lot of things going on uh, yeah. in my mind stream at that time. And uh, none of them fortunately were like anger. Although I don't know, I still kind of, you know, had some curse words, but I wasn't <laughs> attached to them. You know, it's almost yeah. just sort of like a, uh, I don't know, a, a normal relax reaction. Ah, damn it. Uh -huh. Thought I would get that spot. Now, what am I going to do? Okay. Let's see what's next. Uh -huh. Yeah. I didn't hurt anyone but myself, but it was still showing that, you know, it's just another opportunity to purify your mind, you know? Yeah. Especially, well, the thing is that is a perfect example of, how your everyday routine can be a, a dharmic path because yeah. you come around and all it takes is one moment like, okay, if there's a spot there, it's because I've, I've helped other people before. Mm -hmm. Right. And if there isn't one, you know, okay, karma's not there and you keep on going. Or if, if it's there and you take it, okay. You know, and you, you can like, thank the Greg of the past, right? That helped others. And right in that moment, just a normal moment of parking your car, you've actually planted merit. Yeah. But you know what? There's been times where I've, I've looked and it's like, oh, there's, there's a spot like right in front. There's one over here. Mm -hmm. It's raining. I'll just take this one over here and let someone else have that yeah. one. Yeah. But, but I didn't think that when I didn't get this other spot, oh, what the hell? I should have just taken that one at the front when it was raining. <laughs> If this right. is the way it's going to work. I mean, like we're saying, there's no relation between these things. It's all, you could almost just give it generic things like you're, you're, you're doing, a, you're doing merit or not. Yeah. You know, and, and you used a key word here, vigilance, right? Is your, mm -hmm. you're just mindful of your activities and you, you guard the door of the senses, right? 
and that includes the mind, you know, um, just to keep your, your vows. Um, so these, I think these are called, these are some of the four themes of practice that the Buddha offered. I had never heard of this until I read it in the book, but the, the vigilance, guarding the door, um, having confidence of heart, okay, which arises from moral purity. Mm. So it's kind of something you can't do, but if you are living a, a very powerfully or a very uh, ethical life, then you're just going to have this confidence in your heart that, you know, things are working the way that they need to, that, that you're on the right path. And yeah, then the, well, you're taking refuge in your kindness. Yeah. Oh, that's great, isn't it? Yeah, you're taking refuge in your kindness. You know that that your kindness is is operational <laughs> like it's it's still working it's still working and, and it's doing it's doing things your kindness is doing things your kindness is doing more than anything else is yeah and then you give it away in the dedication yeah yeah then the fourth thing was uh, simplicity and contentment in life mm -hmm. <clears throat> i think contentment goes uh goes all the way back to the beginning here of the um eight worldly concerns to be content no matter what happens, you know, no matter how bad it is. Mm -hmm. yeah. I remember we used to say that uh, contentment was entry-level happiness. Mm. I like that. Yeah. And confidence, people think of it as like, oh, I'm, you know, big, big blustery ego, but it's more that you have confidence that things are going to work out the way that they need to work out. Yeah, it's quiet. It's yeah. quiet. You know, it's like... Um, I found it so powerful when I started learning about um, motivation. Mm. Like, what's your motivation? And then going into any any situation, any part of life, and if you can really, really check in in, in your heart and know that your motivation is uh, in one way or another altruistic, and somehow you've got bodhicitta in there and you've got your path in there, then that's all that really matters because you don't, have any control of whatever worldly outcome there is, but your motivation is what takes you to enlightenment, um, is, is the main fuel to your enlightenment. So mm. it's so, um, it's so beautiful because you can have confidence and it's a quiet, you know, very unboisterous. It's humility. It's humility. It's this quiet humility into the power of your motivation, knowing as you go forward that you know, here I am, right? Here yeah, I am. yeah. Here it's I am. A uh, great you know, feeling. Yeah. yeah. So you, uh, you can know whatever happens that uh, you know you can deal with it. You have all of these tools. You have a after all these these eight items here. You have a pretty full toolbox. I think anything that would come your way. Yeah. You're pretty much ready to, um, you know, to work the work the practice and then sort of move on to the the deeper things like meditation and deepening your meditation and. Yeah, and hopefully you have some Dharma friends that yes. you can, you know, talk to when things get tough because the teacher's not always available. Right, yeah. You know? And then it's, you know, oh, you know, I'm struggling with this, struggling with that, you know. And uh, hopefully they'll, your Dharma friends, your Sangha, whatever, will keep your, help keep each other on that Dharmic viewpoint. Right. Yeah, I like that about, that's probably one of the, the best things that's that's, social media has provided to people is outlets throughout the world, you know, to be able to uh, connect with people that way. It's pretty amazing when you stop to think about it. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. And this is the end of season one. <sighs> amazing. I go back and listen to these, these things all the time. And, and uh, it's pretty crazy what we've been doing here. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah I go crazy just thinking sometimes about all the directions that we could go in. I mean, it's just pretty much limitless. Yeah, and we were yeah. talking, uh, you know, off mic that uh, for season two we would specifically talk about shamatha and meditation. Sure. Yeah. Let's get yeah. into it. Still want to yeah. do that? Okay. Great. Yeah. Um, and then was it Kamalashia? The nine Kamalashila? stages. Yeah. yeah. We can use that. Okay. Um, so yeah, just for source material, maybe I'll, I'll put some. Uh, links in some of these posts. Um, I uh, ordered a book from the library. The Dalai Lama has a, a, a book on it dedicated to that. I believe it's called Stages of Meditation. Mm, nice. So I'm going to hit that up and uh, yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, I mean, yeah. everything we've talked about here is all about purifying your mind and yeah. what better way than yeah. tack tackling that sucker head on.
Yeah, well, without without that, then pretty much nothing. I mean, you're planting seeds and all that stuff, but if you don't yeah. nail that focus, still mind, then there's no way you can pull it off in this lifetime. Yeah, I think it was Alan Wallace was talking about something and he was just referring to, even when you hit shamatha, Mm-hmm. you haven't moved an inch like your your work is just beginning yeah you know I was like oh okay and then you read well what's shamatha and you read what it means oh yeah <laughs> but luckily when you do read shamatha then it's th- then then the work that you do has got some turbo behind it yeah there you go and it's your yeah. strong foundation yeah yeah, yeah. awesome cool. so maybe a dedication for the, to end the season and yeah 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 the season cap dedication. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so just imagine wherever you are. whoever you are, whoever you see yourself. Try to imagine that that is a, uh, a display of the arrival of your karma. However it appears to you, positive, negative, neutral. And it's not something that you can Turn a switch and change it. It's something that is arriving, constantly arriving. And think of yourself in the future. Think of what would you like to experience arriving, you know, 10 years from now, six months from now. Do you see yourself, ah, you know, it'd be so beautiful to have a clear mind. Do you get up every morning and just feel good? Not be in a bad mood, ever. Is this something that you would like? Or even further than that, 10 years from now, five years from now, six months from now, you know, would you like to see some realization happening, some a dawning of spiritual awakening, so erupting from the inside out and painting your whole world and this, yourself in it? So imagine being in that environment, just like you are now, it won't be something that you're going to be able to flick the switch and, you know, turn up the bliss or, you know, turn down the yuck. You won't be able to do that ever. Just like right now. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do to create that world for yourself and for others? We've been talking about karma each day you know planting 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 so that your beautiful mind and self can uh, arrive into its own beautiful world and be of assistance so imagine now this altruistic flow arising out of your heart and you gaze out upon all sentient beings in all directions. May you all be well. And because this is the end of season one, the goodness of all our our talks together, uh, the goodness of your listener, thinking about the ideas, maybe even sharing the ideas, 
if you're excited about um, one of the podcasts, sharing the link, you know, you just uh, even dedicating things like that, where you you're spreading something that you feel is beneficial. Now imagine it just going out of you out and lighting up all the hearts of all sentient beings in all directions. And everyone just arrives at their maximum potential. Total enlightenment by the goodness of your heart. Imagine it happening and be excited that it's happening. Give away, give away, give away. And then with joy, let that visual light withdraw back into your body. Back, let it rest in your heart. And let's sit for a few moments with some kind of uh, certainty, some joyous certainty that your actions, your kindness, your motivation, going forward into life. is the very, very fuel itself that will create a beautiful life for yourself and others. So just focus on that spark of joy in your heart. Just notice it there. And hopefully, get the sense that it's not there For any particular reason, it's it's like a uh, sign of your true nature. It's simple, simple, simple joy. Just there. No big deal. It's just there. And as best you can, try to continue to feel that flame of joy as you slowly open the eyes and come out of meditation. <laughs> 